This impactful conversation is brought to you by Say Things Better, a method of intentional communication developed by Lila Smith. I met Lila on LinkedIn and we immediately connected due to her open heart and wisdom. She helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders to make impactful choices for their communication. The Say Things Better messaging framework is the way she managed to build her own following of over 25,000 fans. Follow Say Things Better on LinkedIn and connect to Lila through her website at saythingsbetter.com. Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast. I'm your host, Andrada Anite. I've been on LinkedIn for almost two years now, I think. I mean, um, appropriately engaging, if I can say it like that. And among the people that I got a chance to meet, and to my surprise to only speak right now, is uh, the person that makes profiles pop. And his name is Jared Weez. Did I say your Weezy. name correctly? Close enough. Weezy. Weezy. Okay. Sorry for that. How are you, no Jared? Worries. Welcome. I'm doing great, Andrada. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. And as I told you before we started recording, I'm a bit sleepy, but well, life's good. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm having my coffee too, and it's Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> A, a good day to start <laughs> being, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it was a long weekend, so yeah, traveling a little bit, and uh, now I'm getting back to normal. Yeah. Okay, so Jared, please tell us a bit for the listeners who never got a chance to learn about you before. Please give us a bit of an insight of who you are, what you, where you come from, and what do you do right now? Yeah, sure. I um, Well, kind of back to your intro, I was on LinkedIn probably five or six years ago is when I got on there, and maybe four or five years ago, I started posting and realized that groups were doing great at the time, and I just love the interaction. Um, but I work a nine-to-five job, and then I help some clients on the side, and as well, I do postings like the profile pop-ups um, when I get a chance. Well, and how do you manage all this? Seriously, well, we all know how fun, in quotes, it is to have a nine-to-five job and do things on the side. I did that for a while and couldn't keep up, you know, physically speaking. So how do you manage? It's tough. It's tough. I tell you, in times, it's tough. And and actually, up until recently, it was almost kind of, I don't know, a a goal or just I, I thought I could do it. But I was doing, literally doing, I would get up early and do my profile pop-ups in the morning before my job. And I started realizing I was, it was cutting me too late. So I started, uh, I've been doing them a little the night before now, at least. <laughs> well, okay. And I, I want to dive in a bit in, into this profile pop-up thing that you're doing. I know that you're being part of the 365 Give movement. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so is that what you're doing with your profile pop-ups? Is that linked to this movement? 
It, it is. It ended up being linked to that because, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly how, but the organizer and the founder of 365 Give, Jacqueline Way, uh, somehow she saw my pop-ups and, and we started, we connected, we started talking and, you know, I, I saw her TEDx presentation, which was the foundation, I think, of her movement. Mm -hmm. And it just, everything just kind of clicked. And she said, well, you're already doing this. <laughs> and I said, right. yeah, I guess I am. Because I, I made the commitment to do my profile pop-ups at the end of the year. I said, I'm going to do one every day for this whole year. So I'm already covered for the day coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. But how did you get all this idea? Especially considering the fact that you have your nine to five job and your clients, what pushed you to do this kind of impact? Because if we're being serious right now, you're making a great impact for every person that you're making a profile pop-up for. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's very, very interesting because I actually love the way you, you put these questions, everything about this, the way that this is going is exactly why I did it. Um, I, I found that I didn't have the time to keep helping people on the side for free and, mm. you know, and do all the other things that I was doing. So I was trying to find a way that I could still help people, but still have it be helping more people, not just, you know, repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for a way to leverage. And, um, and then I also felt, hey, why not? Is it what I, what I do? And see, and hopefully it'll, it'll make them realize, wow, he can do this, you know, in a real quick amount of time. You know, maybe working with him, he can do even more. That's kind of, I guess, what, you know, the the underlying hope. Mm -hmm. Right. And would you like to detail a bit what a profile pop-up actually means? Sure, sure. Thank you. And, I, and I, again, I appreciate that. Um, it, it really comes down to this one essence. Nowadays, it's always been this way. In fact, back in 2012, the Ladders did a study of eye scans by recruiters. And they found that you had about six seconds to make that first impression. And mm -hmm. that was with a resume. But you think about all the smartphones and the, and the social media and everything that's out there now, I would almost argue we have less time now. Um, they yeah. went back at the end of last year, they updated their, their research and found that it's actually 7.4 seconds. So when they did it in 2012, it was a recession. And their reasoning was recruiters had even less time back then because of the recession. Right. Um, they were they were scrambling to find people, but I I would say the same, it, you know, it's maybe even more true today. Even though the research shows seven seconds, um, I've seen great articles that say you have five seconds or less, and I would mm -hmm. agree with that. So it, that's kind of the impetus behind a profile pop up. I was looking for again a way to be quick. I'm not spending hours like I do with a client. I'm literally trying to glance at the profile in those amount of seconds, and and and. Going by that, this is what I would see, especially on a phone, a cell phone. And it's also another angle on it. So I'm trying to show these are the quick things that I would see in the limited amount of time and the limited amount of space that you get on a phone before you have to tap and tap and scroll. Right. And, and why do you think that the attention span is so small, you know, at, at grabbing attention? Sure. You know, it's because recruiters are trained based on that study. I think that's it's where this all comes from. They are trained to look for six things is what the study found. Six things in those six seconds. And 
you know, if you want, connect with me and I can tell you more details about it. But they will scan through and they will swipe or they will click or they will scroll and they will find that information. And if it's not there, they're going to say next. They're going to they're move on. So the quicker and the better you are at giving it to them right off the bat, the, the more success you're going to have and, and the better chance at getting a more in-depth look at, at you know, the rest of your profile and, your, and your, maybe your resume. Right. And could you disclose two of the six things that you know that recruiters are focusing on? Sure. Yeah, it, it comes down to the name and your education and then your current title, your current description, and your mm. past title and your past description. Mm. That's interesting. So the, yeah, and, and by past, and, and by titles and, and description, what I mean is your job, right? So they're looking at your current role. You know, are you employed? If they can see that, you know, like on LinkedIn, or if, it, if there's a cutoff date on the resume, you know, they're, they're making determinations based on that right off the bat, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, if you're not employed. But they're also looking at your most recent job by past. That's what I mean. It, they're not going back necessarily 10, 15 years. Um, I've had clients where they literally, when they haven't been working, they've been consulting. And mm -hmm. they literally say, well, who's this consulting company? And that the person had to explain, that's my company. And the, the recruiter kept coming back to it. It's like, so what does that mean, this consulting company? What, what, what is that? It's like, that was my company. You know, they, they kept asking the question, almost like they couldn't get it out of their heads that, oh, this was your company. You, you were, you know, working for yourself. Okay, you weren't working for a full-time job, full-time company. <laughs> so they're that stuck on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this happens really often and I know there's a lot of things that um, you know could be improved in the recruiting area but yeah. yeah so this is this is really interesting I do appreciate your answers on that Jared sure. but tell us about yourself as a human beside your work who are you beside your work sure well it, it's funny I, I you know we've been trying to get you know this together for a while and I was just trying to think how would I quickly describe myself? So I kid you not, <laughs> I came up with this this morning. Um, I was just thinking about it. I said, if I had to describe myself in by three people, three examples, um, I would have to say Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins, and Maya Angelou. And it boils down to three words, principles, passion, and feeling. So the, the essence there is, or the, the little bit more background is, you know, with Stephen Covey, you know, the seven habits, you know, mission statements, having purpose and principles mm -hmm. to guide you. I would buy his tapes, but they would put me to sleep. You know, it was really hard to, to listen to the tapes, but his book was just incredible, right? So, I mean, I, I still, 25, 30 years later, I still am thinking of his quotes and I just, I live by them. I love them. Um, mm -hmm. But then I found Tony Robbins and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, his whole mantra for the longest time on a lot of his tapes and all that was live with passion. And I just love that, that aspect of it. So I would, I would, for years, I would try to see it as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to merge the two. I'm going to, you know, have principles with passion. How about that? Um, but then, you know, I stumbled on a few years back, I stumbled on Maya Angelou's quote, people will forget what you said. They will forget what you've done, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And I just, that, that last word, feel, boom, you know, by then I've got goosebumps, right? So that's me. I, you know, I try to show that passion. I try to show it by helping people, adding value. Um, for the longest time, my other three words that I would say 
is abundance, value, and joy. That's what I'm all about. So I'm trying to give back. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to be abundant rather than scarcity and competition and all that. And why? For joy. You know, life is short. We all have struggles. Um, you know, there's, there's so many great quotes. I had a good quote on a post that, you know, essentially went viral years ago, and I've, I've reposted it since then. Um, but essentially, that the, the quote is, I'm sure you've heard it, is be kind to others. You don't know what they're going through. Yeah. The I mean, that obviously it resonates because it's been one of my best posts ever. Um, and it's true. It's just so true. It's the way I see the world. You know, you never know. You just never know, especially with social media. You know, everybody's roses and millionaires, you know, <laughs> really, you know, how do they balance their time? I, you know, let's, let's find out. Right. So yeah, it's <laughs> be kind to others. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And I, I truly hear you when, when you're saying that, you know, on social media, everyone seems to just perceive the roses, but the thorns are somewhere in behind, you know, and people yes. seem to avoid looking at, at those th thorns. So yes. yeah. let, me, let me ask you something related to this. Uh, when you learn about someone who has a lot of thorns in their lives, right, to continue the metaphor, what is the first thing that you can do for that person to support them, even if uh, mentally, you know, psychologically? What do you do for that? Ooh, great question. You know, sometimes those thorns, I love the way you put that too, by the way. Um, sometimes those thorns are things that they're not even aware of. And sometimes the thorns are things they're not, they're letting the thorns get in the way and they're not highlighting the rose aspect. And so actually one of the very first things that I will ask a client, and I, and I would ask anybody really for that matter, that's why I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. What are the three things you want to be known for and found for? And what I do is I go to work right away on LinkedIn, helping to shape that message, whether and it could be as simple as it doesn't always work this way, but it could be as simple as three words or keywords or key phrases that might go in the headline, right? You think of that, that might be the obvious thing you could do, but you can't always pull that off. Sometimes it needs a little bit more refinement, a little bit more getting into it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the thorns sometimes can just be, <clears throat> excuse me, the thorns can sometimes just be your own content. You know, you're not getting to the point fast enough. I've been guilty of it myself. Mm -hmm. um, and people are seeing the thorn rather than the rose that, you know, what you offer. Right. Right. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me go to this direction from here. How do you feel? And I'm going to put this straight up. How do you feel about the power of choice? I, I get a hunch. I get a feeling that you're going to have a really interesting answer about that well tell me what, what do you mean how how do you mean that how do, what is power of choice to you what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> well to me the power of choice is something that we are getting born with but we need mm -hmm. to develop on time in time in the means of getting aware being becoming aware of the fact that we actually get a choice about mm -hmm. everything in this life and that is actually something that i'm trying to pass along to my girls so to give you a short, um, a short example, I don't know, if I see that there's some sort of danger in what they want to do, mm -hmm. I will tell them, you would rather not do that. Or if you do that, this is what the consequence will be. 
But in Perfect. the end, you are the one who decides. If you want to hit your head off to the wall, go ahead. You can do that. But yep. I would rather have you not doing that, you know? I, so I love it. That's, yeah. Thank you. That's, that's some, something that I want to... Um, it's, it's like planting a seed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see what, what grows from it. And now what's like your that. take on the power of choice, Jared? <laughs> Yes, I, I like that. That that's wonderful, and that's what I thought you meant. But I, I wanted to get a little bit more background from you too. Um, you know, I mentioned Covey earlier. To me, that right off the bat, that's one of the one of the best quotes I've ever heard. And I'm I'm going by memory here, but the the pause between stimulus and response is huge. Mm. And, and Covey has a quote that has been misattributed, but it may have be partially related to Viktor Frankl. And the whole idea there is we have a choice. We have power in that space that comes between the stimulus and our response. So our choice, back to what you were asking, it's, you know, and as you're teaching your girls, it's wonderful because the consequences, you know, you have to be responsible for whatever happens, but you have to try to anticipate, you have to think ahead, what is the ramification, the consequence, the effect of the choice I'm about to make? And it it all comes back to being, again, Covey, proactive, being proactive and realizing we are 100% responsible. Mm. And we are then, take it to next level, we are response able. We can make that response and hence the choice. Mm. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with the pause between stimulus and reaction. Yes. And I'm really, really serious about that. Especially, you know, as a parent, you also have children, right? If I'm not Yes. And you most certainly know those moments when you feel like exploding as a parent, mm, right? Mm-hmm, did, you, did you experience something like that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I, uh, luckily, I've been blessed with some great kids and they have really helped. But I know, you know, you never, you can't control every situation. And so, there are times when they're about to put their hand on a burning pot. You know, you know, you want to scream, you want to pull them. But it's kind of like the way you said it, it phrased it well, you know, you see your child reaching out to a burning hot pot and they may burn themselves and you want to pull them back. You want to tell them don't do it, but sometimes they just have to realize the power of their own choice. You know, they have to realize and learn that lesson too. So that's tough because there are situations where it's, you know, it's imperative. And and then sometimes you just know you're a parent, you, you know, no, I'm going to yank you away from that pot. I, I know that's going to hurt you. But as they get older, especially, you know, you realize I, I need to pause more and I need to let them learn and, and do it on their own and make their own choices. So I, I think that's a big part of being a parent. Right, right. How old are your children, if you don't mind me asking me? Ask sure, me. sure. Yeah, 11 and 13. Oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting, I mean, um, that's interesting time for you, I presume. It is. It is. And, and, you know, and, and they're amazing kids. So, I mean, I, I know of some people that have kids that are literally bouncing off the walls and into any sort of trouble all the time, but they are amazing. I mean, and I have a, my daughter's older, so she's been a, a great source of, of guidance for our, our younger child, mm-hmm. our boy. And so just that combination of older daughter and younger son, um, but both of them are just amazing. So it, it really helps, you know, some people, are, you don't always have the choice, right? They're your kids. And, and I get yeah. that. So, <laughs> but it, it just, it's been, it's been wonderful. I mean, they, they are, they couldn't ask for better children. So I, I've just really been blessed with that. Oh, I'm really happy to, to learn that from Thank you. you. 
Um, let me ask you, because I asked you how old were your children with um, a very strong reason. Mm -hmm. um, if, for instance, your elder came to you and asked you that, what's the power of choice and what would be your advice so that I can use it properly? What would you tell? Mm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I, it, to me, it just still kind of resonates with the idea that we all are responsible and it, it's a balance. It's a shifting balance. As kids are getting older, we have, as parents, have to recognize they're going to have to learn their, th those lessons on their own. They're going to have to make the choices on their own. So the sooner they can, the more they will be in charge and the more you know, the more better responses, I guess, you know, in a sense that will come their way. I, mm -hmm. I guess that's the way I like to look at it, you know? So it's a, but it's something you can't push. You can't always control. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think some, some kids, you know, some situations, you know, they may need more guidance for longer. You know, it's kind of like teeth, losing teeth. You know, you can't control mm -hmm. when the teeth are going to come out. Right. Yeah. But eventually they all will. Um, my kids are about to go through, they're going through the whole braces thing right now. And we've got one, uh, orthodontist saying they need the braces right away. Another one saying, no, wait till the teeth are all out. You know? <laughs> so you know, it's funny. It's like, yeah, it just brings it all home. You, you can't always impact that choice. Sometimes you just have to wait and let nature run its course. Right. Right. And that's one thing that I want to go to next. If, um, and asking you if you believe that there should be a proper age to imprint these beliefs into the power of choice to children. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, because I was, I was actually, I don't remember what it was anymore, but this weekend I was traveling a little bit with, with the family and, you know, we were walking around downtown Chicago and, you know, there were some things that were going on. And, you know, like one time my daughter, I think there's one memory I had when my daughter was running across the street, busy intersection, a lot busier than where I'm from. And she was, I, I told her, go across the street and then come back. And as she was coming back, I was watching her as a parent and I watched her and, and I didn't see her look to see if cars were coming around the intersection, the busy intersection. And as soon as she got over, I said, did you see the cars? Did you look out for them? She said, yeah, yeah. I looked at it out of the corner of my eyes. And I said, you've got to be really careful. So again, that parent came out in me. So, mm -hmm. you know, if she were older, I mean, if she were younger, I never would have said, go across the street on your own. Right. So it's kind of like, I've, I've just made that choice myself and realized, okay, she's 13. She's old enough she should know well enough, but still at the end, you know, I reminded her, I said, you did look right. <laughs> you know how dangerous it is. Right. So I wanted to make sure that she was still doing the right things to help make sure she was making the right choices. Mm -hmm. So you see how we're still cannot help ourselves as a, as exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, because in the end it hurts, it hurts to see if your child hurts. Right. Exactly. And that's what you don't want, right? You, you anticipate yeah. we've been through those pains ourselves. We've been through that hurt. We don't want that to go on for our kids. I, I really think that's true. Right. Yesterday I dealt with something really interesting and I'm, I'm going to keep it a bit for a bit longer on the children aspect mm -hmm. because I was in the park with my girls. I even made a post on LinkedIn about that when uh, my girl was playing with someone. Well, actually, she wanted to play with um, a group of children, but they didn't want to play what her, she wanted to play. And they wanted her to play their game. And mm. 
came out, uh, you know, crying that they don't want to play with her because she won't obey the rules. Sure. Now, in this kind of scenario, and I think that in the end, this is also applicable um, to us at, as adults, right? Because we also have to deal with rules and everything. So going, going a bit further with the metaphor, mm-hmm. how would you handle, how would you have handled this for your children? And then there's the second part of the question, and I want to ask you if you play with everyone, right? Going again on the metaphor. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, it's funny the, the way you put that too. It makes me think. Uh, I just had a recent uh, situation like this. My my son had a sleepover, mm-hmm. and he, he, it's something he's done. It seems like you know he's been with the same group of kids for years, and so this was like, oh, this should be a great thing. This should be fun. We were all kind of expecting that it would be. And when he got back, we found out that a similar situation happened for him. They were playing some sort of game and and it didn't really include him. The winner of the game got to to pick the movie. It was a movie he didn't want to watch. You know, all these things just went, didn't go the way he expected. Um, And so it was a, it was one of those moments, one of those teachable moments. And you know, how much do you say, oh, that's too bad or, oh, that's not right. You know, do you call up the other parents? You know, whatever it may be, you, you, all those things are running through your mind. So that, that exact same kind of thing happened. And, and I really think it, it just keeps on coming back to the idea that we keep getting more chances. You know, they're always going to be there. And again, it's that whole stimulus and response. You know, those moments keep happening, whether we like them or not. It's one of those things I loved about Covey as well. You know, he even had a, you know, a seven habits for highly effective families. And he talked about this kind of thing more, you know, getting your kids to want to clean their room right? Getting your kids to do the right thing, to clean up the yard, to, to do it on their own and take care of this and, and not have to get paid for doing a chore or whatever it may be. We, we are always getting those kinds of choices that we have to make in what kind of a parent do we want to be and how do we want to be doing the parenting. And I don't know at this age, you know, my kid's 11 and 13. I don't know when it's going to end, right? I mean, it's just, we're always going to have those moments because we're always, they're going to be their parent. Yeah. Yeah, and how how did you explain to your uh, to your boy? Yeah, um, about what happened there and what he m- might have done differently. Right, right, and and I, you know, that's good. I, I you know, I told him I'm, I'm sorry that happened, and um, it doesn't sound like they, you know, gave you a you know a lot of choice there, and and you know, I just letting him know that I understood, you know, that I was there, that I was listening, that I was sorry. Um, but I stopping short of, of doing anything about it, um, and just letting him process that, you know, letting him now say, you know what, this is how this is going to impact my choice going forward. And I think he actually kind of summed it up for us. Um, I think he was saying he doesn't want to do that sort of thing anymore. Now, whether it means with that boy or, or with that, you know, a sleepover or, you know, if that kind of an activity comes up, I wasn't really sure, but I kind of like let him realize you know, I, I get it. You know, he just made that choice. He realized that he didn't like the way that went and he is going to change how it goes next time. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that it's pretty difficult to get the word out there. But that's exactly where I come in. I want to host 
an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand. Get ready for the free global app that works for you. WorkApp is set to revolutionize the way people connect in their personal and professional lives. Finally, there's a one-stop shop to help you post jobs or gain employment. Would you like your very own digital shop without any fees or charges? A global messaging service. And you can also post all types of events and courses and you can buy, sell or rent any items you wish. WorkApp is a global platform that helps you find what you need, when you need it, without any costs or delays. So, sign up for this exciting new service today. WorkApp works for you. Have you heard of Arian? If not, you may want to head to Amazon, look for The Man, The Moon and The Gasket. That's my book. I know that you'll fall in love with the main character and with the person that pops up on the way in order to help him unveil that adventure which is called self-development. So let me know what you think. Thanks! And going on the other side of the question. Do you play with everyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always try to play nice. I always try to play nice in my sandbox, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I may not always do a great job of it, I, but I've always got, I always realize I've got more chances next time. <laughs> right. Right. Got it. <laughs> and, um, okay, let me ask you right now, uh, considering that you have your nine-to-five job, that mm-hmm. you have your clients on the side and you are still doing the 365 give. What else is in store for Jared Wizzy? Ooh. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not sure when this is going to air and I'm not sure how things are all going to happen, but I, let's just say that I plan on taking my profile pop-ups up a notch. <laughs> mm. So I, I plan on doing, I'll say this, I, I plan on doing more in-depth. Um, and but but doing it for fewer fewer people of course and really getting more into it you know with at least three times the amount of of time um Mm -hmm. spent so getting in much more detail on it um but again geared towards that whole idea that you have seconds to make that first impression right right going into that let me ask you um do you have all these episodes that you put on linkedin can mm-hmm. people find them in any other place, any other platform like YouTube or I don't know? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you asked that. I, I actually, a lot of them I, I have, uh, in fact, most of them I have on YouTube because it does the, the nice captions uh, translating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always get parked there temporarily at least. Um, I don't believe I've taken any of them down. But um, then what I do is I use that to get my video and, and my, my captions, of course, um, and, and use that to post on LinkedIn. But what I do as well is once they're on LinkedIn or even if they may be on my site or they may be on YouTube, those tend to be the three places that they may originate. No matter what, here's the beauty of it. I have an FYI.to list of all of them. So in one link, and you can get to that link by simply doing a Google search of hashtag 
the number three free tips. So hashtag number three, F-R-E-E-T-I-P-S. And you should get right to my entire list. Mm, that's brilliant. And I know uh, how useful FYI is. I, I have a few smart lists my, myself. So I'm really happy that you have that. And I know yeah. that you push that, those lists actually pretty much, yeah. right? You, you have right. them on your LinkedIn, right? I do. I do. So people can go to my profile. They will get that, that link and they should get the, the tip that you can just search for it. Um, and I just tested it with, a, with an incognito Google search. And yes, if you do hashtag three free tips, um, it is the very first result. So that's the beauty of FYI.to, by the way. A shout out to Mar uh, Rodrigo Martinez. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's an excellent resource. And I know I've seen some of your content out there too, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's great for SEO. It helps put things back. If you remember this back about a year or two ago, uh, LinkedIn with your articles used to have them in like a grid format where you could see three across and yeah. then a never ending list going down for how many you had. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They, that's what FYI.to is. If you're on a desktop, it puts them in a grid three across by however many down. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, LinkedIn made a mistake of getting rid of that. I mean, they, I think they kind of had to, they were going oh, with yes. it. Way. But <laughs> you know, now you go to someone's profile, you take a look at their article, you start scrolling and you get the spinning little circle and you give up because again, we all, we're taking seconds to do things. We don't want to wait yeah. for a spinning circle to reload another few articles. So you go to FYI.to, you do a scroll, and you've just gone through 20 or 30 of them. Um, it's yeah. just amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. And God, how I, how I hear you on, on the glitch thing, or I'm not even sure if it's a glitch or anything, but uh, in regards to LinkedIn, I know that yeah. I've been trying to look for a few of my articles mm -hmm. uh, to share them with, with someone in the past uh, few months. And unfortunately, I wasn't able, at least from my phone, I wasn't able to reach that very article that I was looking for because at some point it wouldn't load anymore. Sure. So this brings us to a way different area. Mm -hmm. And I know that, as you said, you've been on LinkedIn for a while. What changes have you spotted in, in the last year, let's say? Let, let's narrow it to the last six months and things that you'd like to see improved on LinkedIn and have directly impacted your activity there? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll back it up to the last, not even 10 days, but maybe 10 days. Um, that's probably about accurate. Um, I've noticed that even the views, just the views alone, which tells me something happened of my profile pop-ups has mm -hmm. gone way down. So I think the algorithm changed yet once again. You know, it's getting smarter. It's realizing that people may not be engaging. The same people may not be engaging. They may not be engaging the same way. Mm -hmm. The algorithm, I've, I've seen this documented by LinkedIn, and I believe it to be true for just because of this example. Um, they, they are looking at so many different aspects um, to come up with the algorithm. It's not just a simple, oh, you know, Andrada has this many followers. I will send you her post out to the, all those followers or a percentage of those followers. It is not that cookie cutter clear. Mm -hmm. It is way more intense and in depth and, and, and it's constantly evolving. It, it literally, uh, as LinkedIn says it, they use machine learning now. Since they've merged with, Link, with Microsoft, they're using machine learning, artificial intelligence, AI, and they are constantly evolving. So they're always on the, the lookout to reduce spam and give you a better content, give you something that's more relevant. 
So long gone are the days of you've got a hundred followers and every one of those followers is going to see everything you do. That may have been the intent. It may have been a lot more real and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, happening years ago. Um, but that changed a long time ago. So it's one of those things though, that I would like to see because they do have a, a, a series thing that's going on right now. Um, where certain people there, I think they're still testing it, but certain people you can subscribe to a series and it's by certain people that are not necessarily influencers, but people that LinkedIn has picked. And whenever those people do an article, it definitely goes out to the number of people that are subscribed to that series. Now, Mm -hmm. if LinkedIn gave us all that power, it would be incredible, right? right? So you know, one of the things that I've been trying to do is I try to tag people that want to see my content. And yet I'm almost positive, even then those people might not always get my tags. So it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, people that are asking to get a tag from you, you know, which which means the at symbol, you know, it's a mention, LinkedIn calls it a mention. They're not, they're even not getting your content. So, um, and I've had an issue lately where my posts are not showing up. The links to my posts are not showing up in my profile. So it's just, there's a lots of little glitches and things that happen. I would just, if I had to make one statement, I would say I would like to, to see things be a lot more expected and reliable. You know, I would expect to see this type of content or content from this person, whatever it is you're expecting. It's just common sense that just seems to not be there lots of the time. And, and have it be more stable. I mean, things go up and down all the time. It's broken. It's, you know, I come up with, you know, one of my favorite things to say is try control F5 on a, on a desktop because more often than not, that's going to fix whatever issue you're having. It, it refreshes the cache of the current session you have mm-hmm. and gets the latest. Control F5 is your friend, I like to say, um, because you never know. It, it, what, from one minute to the next, it, it just stops working. That's just the way it is. <laughs> right, right. I've noticed that. For sure, because for instance, for for me, for a few days, uh, notification barely refresh, and mm-hmm. I lose a lot of messages and tags, as you said, and everything. But on the tag side, there's also this uh, this aspect in regards to a lot of people tagging someone. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're getting tagged in too many posts, there is a lot of chances that you're gonna miss that. Exactly. Uh, Unfortunately, it's, it's not intentional, but it happens. It, it does. And, and let me just jump in. And re- I almost said this. I, I forgot earlier, Andrada, but yeah. you can actually set, have your settings to say, um, I want to get an email for every mention. And in theory, again, in theory, that sounds wonderful. So great. If I missed it, I'll, I'll get an email and I'll be able to go back and check all my emails. But then I've had situations where I think what they do is they try to combine it. They try to say, did you go to your notifications? okay, then we're not going to email you because you've gone there. So you must have seen it. So then we're not going to tell you about it. It's like, no, 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 no. Just tell me all of them and I will go through and I will, you know, because how far did I go? And, and, and actually it's, it's one of the nice things that they're trying to do is it shows in blue if you haven't seen a, a notification. I do love that. It's both, I, I've seen it anyway and it may still be rolling out. It happens on both the app and the desktop version, but it's not, still not 100%. There are times when, if, for example, if you scroll, 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 what I've noticed is to go back to your oldest things, it will think, oh, you've seen everything else before that. And then you just defeated the whole purpose. Yes. So what I always tell people is start from the top, unfortunately, because it tries to roll everything up. And if you scroll, it may think that, oh, you've already seen it. I don't want to see it anymore. And it may, you may have a hard time figuring out what you've missed. <laughs> right. 
Right. You mentioned AI at some point mm-hmm. and living a bit from LinkedIn space, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Um, how, do, how do you feel about all this AI concept in relationship, let's say, with humans? For instance, there's a lot of people who are afraid of losing their jobs. Is there any kind of piece of advice that you would like to give them um, in relating to AI? Oh, yeah. I, I, that's a great topic, a great question. And I would say you've just got to be, you know, there are, for example, one of the things that this, I think it actually fits in well to the answer. One of the things that's happening is um, there are little games like, like ads that people are, you know, clicking on an ad and it, you know, play this little game. Um, that's how AI is, is going forward. They're actually trying to interview and do the, the initial round of vetting people based on their social interactions. I, I kid you not. So I would just say it's kind of like, you know, what, what the, the, the age old advice, right? Be careful what you put out there because, you know, who knows what, what people may see, keep it professional, you know, don't show a picture or a video of you partying too much, you know, it's certainly on LinkedIn, right? If you're looking for a job, you want to keep it more professional than ever. But it, the same goes true for all of AI. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, big brother is watching concept, right? If there were a camera on you right now, just try to keep that in mind, especially if you're job hunting. Um, you never know what people are seeing of, of the content of the things that you're doing on LinkedIn or any of social media. And you've got to treat it as they're all trying to get to be the first and to be the best. You know, Google's got their own way of showing you jobs and showing you the right jobs. I mean, they're, think of the data that they're collecting on you. It's just, you never know all the data that's being gathered about you and how that may get to a potential employer and how AI then would, would extrapolate and, and paint your picture, you know, of how you're going to look as a candidate. So always keep in mind, you never know what's happening and try to keep your brand the way you would expect and keep your image the way you would expect. Right. But you on a personal level, you do realize that all this procedure prevents us from being ourselves more and more, right? I couldn't agree more with that irony. Unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Jared, tell us if people would like to get to you. Um, where, what can they come to you for and where can they find you? Yeah, sure. Um, probably, you know, of course, LinkedIn, but the, the best way also to get a lot more of my content and, you know, what I offer and to see what more of what I'm about would be my website, profiles that pop three words.com. That's awesome. And what can they come to you for? Yeah. In fact, if you go to my website, I have, I have uh, pun intended, I have a pop-up that will give you the three best tips, an article that I wrote. It'll give you the three best tips that you can be doing on LinkedIn. Awesome. And besides your freebies, so to speak, for sure. the 365 days, um, what you're doing, um, is there any, let's say, any paid part of it? I mean, do you get clients from that? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have. Um, and that's, it, it's kind of the, you know, it's the hope. It's not the ultimate you know, goal, 
um, or the ultimate objective, I should say. You know, it's if, if that happens, that's great. But it has happened, and it's been wonderful. Um, so again, on my website, you know, that's where people can see, you know, the services that I'm offering, and maybe we can, you know, connect and, and figure out how I might best be able to help you, whether it's an hourly coaching, or it's a complete LinkedIn makeover, or even resume update. Brilliant, brilliant. I want to ask you something completely unrelated to everything that we've talked about. Sure. <laughs> and I would like to learn if you were to have the perfect vacation right now for a month, what would you do? Ooh. <laughs> wow, that's a great one. Well, you know, one of my goals has always been to get to Hawaii. So Wow. Nice. Yeah. I, I would probably would say that just because I keep hearing so many wonderful things about it. And I've had vacations where, you know, it's been warm weather and, you know, beach and, and like a hammock, you know, just mm -hmm. lying down in a hammock and, and, and really getting into a great book. Um, yeah. I, that I would be one of the things. That. Yeah. It's not about going to a destination just to do all these things, things, you know, go, go, go. To me, it would be about a recharge. So especially when you say a month, you know, really kind of a, a looking back and reflecting and kind of a refresh or recharge is the way I would look at it. Mm, I like that. I'm already daydreaming about Hawaii, as you say. Yeah, aren't you? Isn't that great? Yeah, I agree. And the book. Mm. Yes, good. <laughs> Sounds so good. Yeah, it's a refreshing, a refreshing moment. <laughs> exactly. Good. <laughs> and um, one more thing that I would like to ask you: yeah, what would be your greatest advice that you'd like to leave the listeners with? or a thought-provoking quote or whatever you'd like to, to say as a conclusion. Yeah. So um, listeners can, you know, ponder over, over that. I love that, you know, and I think it just has to go back to, again, my, you know, models or mentors or whatever you want to call it, um, people that I, I, I would love to emulate. Um, I just would say Covey, Robbins, and Maya Angelou, and I would leave you more with Maya Angelou's great quote. People will forget what you said, like you may forget everything I just said on this podcast. They might forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. I love that. I think that's a brilliant quote. And I'm really happy that, that you mentioned it because we resonate very much. We're definitely on the same, on the same page. And I would yes. like to, to tell you how grateful I am that you accepted to be my guest on this podcast. And I hope that you have a brilliant week ahead as it's Monday, just Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Enjoy your coffee and we'll keep in touch for sure. Sounds great. And I, I know we will. Thank you so much for Andrada. This has been awesome. It's a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead. And please, don't forget, smile at life, and life will smile right back at you.